welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. So, so good. So good. Uh, today, we're going to chat about Dreaming of You by the incomparable Miss Lisa Kleypas. But first, mom, what have you been reading and watching? Well, reading, I wasn't sure I'd read these books, and there was two in the series, so I read the first one. Uh, then came you. Yes. Um, and then realized I have read these books, <laughs> but it'd been a long, long time because apparently it was before I started using Goodreads. So to that keep was... track of what you have and have not read, because <laughs> I can't remember in my brain what I have and haven't read. So um, I read Then Came You, and then I read Dreaming of You. So I read both of these books in this series. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't read anything. Uh, you read this. I read this. Why do you always like when I say I don't want you to sell yourself short, Ellen. <laughs> well, it's like I don't want you to I sound say, like a complete bum. <laughs> when I say I haven't read anything, it's because I'm just referring to I haven't read anything in additional okay. supplementary I text. Want, I just want you putting yourself down, honey. Well, but here's the thing: I started school this week. You did, so that was keeping me busy. Um, we're also recording a little earlier than we usually do. We're actually recording like... Why are we doing that, Ellen? We're going to Disneyland tomorrow. What? And I'm so excited. Um, yeah, we're super stoked. We leave tomorrow morning. Um, and then day after tomorrow, we're, you know... In, in the, the park. park. So we're doing super, our thing. Yeah, so we're super stoked. Um, I have been watching a lot of Mystery Science Theater... Because they just finished their Kickstarter um, to do another season. And so I've been in the Mystery Science Theater mood. We may have donated quite a bit of money. Yes. Between the two of us, we might have donated a bit of money. Because I love that show. Probably even more than Mom. Well, and we use it a lot. Yeah. Because that's what I take my naps to. And so... <laughs> go-to nap... Even, no, show. it's not even my nap show. It's my go-to-bed show. So, like, when I need to fall asleep and it's not happening, I turn on Mystery Science Theater, and it's, like, my melatonin. And to the point, I I think, like, I've become somewhat addicted to it because sometimes, like, I can't fall asleep unless I put it on. And she's got memorized, like, the first... I have, like, the first 15, 15 minutes, minutes <laughs> of every episode memorized because I've seen the first 15 minutes of every episode, like, numerous times. <laughs> Um, that's my thing. Um, so I recommend it for if you're looking for, you know, a melatonin-like show. <laughs> I don't know why, because I love the show, but it's still always... Well, I think it's because the actual movie part is pretty quiet. Yeah. And then their rambling is just kind of yeah, them it's rambling. Perfect. It's just it's a perfect. easy going. There's no explosions. Or, yep. Um, it's great. Um, I did also want to mention that, um, we have the poll up for the summer reading list on the Facebook group. So if you want to let your voice be heard as to what book um, might be on that list, go do that or vote on some of the books that are already on there. Um, and then also I wanted to remind everybody that we have the free for all coming up in two weeks from the release of this episode, but we will need recordings sooner than that. Um, so kind of be thinking about what you might want to talk about and start thinking about sending those in so that we can, we always love those episodes and I know you guys do too. And you guys sending in those audio files is what makes that show. So we hope to hear from you. All up to you. 
If it sucks, it's your fault. It's totally your fault. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. It's nothing to do with us. Um, Okay, so today we are chatting about Dreaming of You by Lisa Kleypas. It was first published in 1994, and it is the second book in the Gamblers of Craven series. Um, This series is also kind of tied to her Wallflower series and her Hathaway series. There's characters in the Ravenel series show up in both. Yeah. They do, Craven does make an appearance in the Ravenel series. So she just likes, it's, you know, the, the Kleypas cinematic universe, <laughs> the Kleypas literary universe. Well, we should, we should find a diagram of all these yeah. families and connections. Um, so here is the back cover description for Dreaming of You. In the shelter of her country cottage, Sarah Fielding puts pen to paper to create dreams, but curiosity has enticed the prim, well-bred gentlewoman out of her safe haven and into Derek Craven's dangerous world. A handsome, tough, and tenacious cockney, he rose from poverty to become Lord of London's most exclusive gambling house, a struggle that has left Derek Craven fabulously wealthy, but hardened and suspicious. And now duty demands he allow Sarah Fielding into his world, with her impeccable manners and her infuriating innocence. But here, in a perilous shadow, realm of ever-shifting fortunes, even a proper mouse can be transformed into a breathtaking enchantress and a world-weary gambler i need to reread that and a world-weary gambler can be shaken to his cynical core by the power of passion and the promise of love what (gasps) so mom what did you think of dreaming of you which by the way every time i say that title it makes me want to start singing that selena song dreaming of you tonight okay anyway what'd you think of that book I really, really liked this book. I could tell it was written a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling Ellen, not so much in Dreaming of You, but in the first book, it was, I don't want to say it was rapey, but there was a lot of her saying, no, no, no. And he's just yes, like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, and him just like, and I mean, we knew as the readers that she was just being obstinate and being ornery with him, that she did really want him to but kiss her. Still. But still, the word no came out of her mouth, and that should have been enough. <laughs> so, but that's a 90s thing, I think. And I think, well, were, were like, written today, I don't think it would be written. That 80s, way. 90s romance novels are so much more soap opera y. Mm-hmm. And I like, I kind of see more why they have some of the reputation that they do when I go back and read, like, 80s and 90s. I still love them, but it's... I do get it more so. They're a lot more soap opera. They're a lot more, like, damsel and distressy and um, bodice ripper and, you know, it's... They're a lot more... There was bodice ripping going on in this book. (laughs) So they're... They a lot... They play much more into that stereotype than, like, the modern romance novel does. Agreed. Um, so when I originally read this book, I gave it four stars and I stand by that. It's not a love, but I, I really enjoy it for what it is. Like you said, there's things about it that we're going to talk about. Um, and when I was making my notes, I'm like, I'm worried. I know I'm going to come off as like ranty about this one, but I do really, really like it. And well, it's just a fun, sweeping story. And I just love, you know, Grumpy Hero, big time. And her and her little mousy ways, which I know she doesn't like being called, but having a sweet little, you know, 
cap wearing. Yeah, <laughs> I will like. I get why this one is kind of, like, a classic of the genre now, because it really, like, touches all the bases. Like, yeah. you've got the masquerade, you've got um, kind of marriage of convenience, you've got f- fake death, and, you know, all these things that are just, like, all lots of tropes that are taking place in this one, including, like, the character archetypes and all that stuff, and so it's definitely, like paragon of the of the genre um okay so let's let's dive in what did you think of sarah as our heroine i loved sarah here's my one problem i have with sarah and this is just a personal thing for me but the whole beginning of the book she's this mousy you know little author Mm -hmm. and then i know where you're going with this (laughs) once once she dresses up as the temptress and goes to the masquerade she never wears her glasses again that we know of anymore the rest of this book. I wanted her to wear her glasses and have him still think she was adorable with her glasses yeah, on. Yeah, so it's like, are you one of those hipsters that just wears glasses, like, for the look of it? Like, because it makes you look more bookish? Or do you actually need glasses, ma'am? <laughs> well, and there's such a that's such a cute thing about him carrying her glasses around in his pocket, like, stealing her glasses out of her purse and then carrying but them But then it needs to be, like, more symbolic of, like, who she is and, like, what he loves about her. Yeah, and, and that, but because she never, we never hear a mention of her glasses again the rest. Now, granted, I'm a glasses wearer, and I just... So we take this personally. Okay? So come on, Lisa! <laughs> but, um... It was just funny to me that it's like, oh, that was such a cute part of the beginning of the book, and then it just kind of fizzled out, and it was just not anything in the rest of the book. Yeah. It's like, he steals her second pair of glasses, and then apparently also her first go missing, and she never replaces them and has any need of them ever. Apparently she she didn't need them. even mentions it, (laughs) that, you know, oh, I can't see anything. Um, So, yeah, I'm slightly calling bull on that. Um, but kind of back to Sarah as a whole and not just a person who wears glasses. Um, <laughs> no, I liked Sarah. I liked, cause she is kind of soft-spoken and genteel and sweet in the beginning. And then she kind of, I, I like seeing her change into She the, gets a little sauce. She gets a little saucy and I would love having her tell off Perry cause Perry, she needed to get Gosh. away from that situation. He yeah. was a hot mess and, yeah. and his mother was a... Yes. Nightmare. Yeah. So that was Um, just going to be, that was going to be a hellish life for her. So. Yeah. Derek is kind of like an iconic hero. We're going to talk about him, but I really love Sarah. Like, I think she deserves a little bit more credit too. Absolutely. Um, I like that. First of all, I like that she's not a daughter of the gentry. I always like when we get a historical, because like you think about Austin, none of those characters in Austin were Lord's or ladies, or anything, like, they were... No title. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple, but... um, Even Darcy is Mr. Darcy. Yeah. He's Duke Darcy. Yeah, and Bingley is Mr. Bingley, and I'm even wearing my uh, Austin Heroes sweatshirt that's got all the Austin Heroes listed up. Anyway, um, but, so, I I kind of like when there's representation of someone who's not... I don't think that's as common as historical romances. I don't think there are many dukes in the world as there are in historical yeah. romances. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I like that. I like that she's a good person who, like, charms everyone around her because she is a good person, you know. And she treats everybody nicely, even the whores and the, you know. And the, yeah, and the, you know, uh, gamblers and 
layabouts and all that. I will say, well, I guess we'll talk about it later, but... It does get her into some trouble that she is kind of naive and... Yeah. ...believes the best in everybody. Um, but yeah, I, I like her writing. I like, uh, she's kind of like a female Dickens where she's like, I'm going to tell the tale of the common man, you know, and the plight of the common man. Um, but again, I was reminded in this book that everything she goes through makes me grateful that I don't live in that time. Oh my gosh. Like the fact that she's always in danger of being raped (laughs) and it's like, Oi, boy, boy. Um, so, again, you know, I think sometimes, especially as romance readers, we like to romanticize the past. Well, especially Jolly Old England, which I think, yeah. you know, there was a small part of it that was really, really nice, and the rest of it was just hellish. My cousin and I were watching Miss Scarlet and the Duke, and she's like, every portrayal of England, of, like, London around this time, you know, Victorian, she's like, makes it look awful. I'm like, yeah. It's certainly not clean. Um, Yeah. So I really love Sarah. I think that, you know, she kind of gets lost sometimes in the luster of Derek Craven. And, um, but I I really like her. I think she's a really fun, cute heroine. Well, and I know we're going to talk about more of this later, but I like that she didn't have to wait around for a guy to come rescue her at the end of the book. I like that she Took matters into her own hands and kicked some butt. Yeah, that's right. Um, Okay, what did you think of Derek as our hero? Derek is just Derek Craven. He's he's iconic. Yes. Um, No, I really like Derek. I mean, he's... he's... I think, like, in... Because, you know, in our uh, book Boyfriend Bracket, he gets compared to St. Vincent. And I think I even voted for St. Vincent. But I think upon rereading this... I might go with Derek Craven. Yeah. Um, he, you know, I get why he is so beloved because he really is just everything we love in a romance hero. He falls really hard, which we love. Um, he's kind really of hard. that like swarthy uh, bad boy who makes all the like foppish Englishmen look ridiculous. And I'm here for that. Well, in the first book, he is still trying to get over his Cockney accent. So we get a lot more of his Cockney accent in the first book. Um, In this one, he's kind of gotten to where he doesn't use it as much unless unless he wants to or when he's really mad. And um, uh, so it's kind of fun to see that transition of him trying to improve his, you know, life a little bit through... Diction. And yeah. um, anyway, it's, uh, you know, when, when you think of where he's come from and what he's been able to do, uh, it's just fun to, I think it's kind of a um, story that gave people hope, you know. Yeah. And I do think that, um, you know, we were talking about Sarah and I th- I do think she's like the perfect little counterpart to he's so tortured about his past and thinks he doesn't deserve anything. And, um, and she's very forgiving and kind and understanding of the plight of, you know, what especially poor people had to go through during that time in London specifically. Cause you know, she comes from this kind of rural area where if you're poor, it's like, yeah, your life is going to suck, but you're not going to be like, yeah, you know, completely down and out. And, um, anyway, so 
I, I just really like them as a combination, and I think he is a big part of, if not, like, the biggest part of why this book has kind of become a classic, but, um, but yeah, I do think it's kind of the combo of the two of them, for sure. Definitely. Um, so, to kind of give a very brief rundown, so Sarah saves Derek, and then she hangs around his club to question the staff about the club. Everyone falls in love with her except for Derek, but then all of a sudden he really falls in love with her, and then she leaves. Well. So what did you think of this select of this <laughs> section? I think that you're wrong. I think he fell in love with her right off the bat, but didn't want to let himself off. Okay, but here's my main quibble with this book, and I already talked to you about this, but I think she doesn't quite earn that turnaround. Like, he, I just didn't buy into... The whole like canny can't sleep reaction, based laying on... around drunk for months. Yeah, because she left. Yeah, like they have one night where he doesn't even know it's her for a while, and um, and she he's completely charmed by her beauty and she's so bosomy and gorgeous, um, and and then you know he finds out it's her and it's like oh my gosh. All my dreams are coming true, but I don't know. I like I I needed them to have some sort of moment, some like, more interactions where they prior to that ball, um, because I just I like I get being like bummed out when she leaves, but his whole like he's very tortured, and I just did not think that that reaction was earned necessarily especially for someone who's supposed to be as hardened as he is yeah or at least give us more of his inner thoughts of her before she leaves like yeah give us some more like because that's the thing is like prior to the ball the only thing we really get from him like he's kind of mean to her and he doesn't want her around and part of it you get the sense that it's like she could be trouble Let's get her out of here. But then the night of the ball, it's like, I want her with a burning passion and nothing in my life will ever come close to her and I must have her, but I can't have her because I love her too much. Well, and, and I've been with a million women, but this little virgin is the one that's putting me over the edge. Yeah. So that was all very sudden and I didn't quite buy into it. Um... Also, I don't love this section of the book when she goes home and gets engaged to Perry. I feel like that kind of, like, slows down the trajectory of the book a little bit. Um, and that part was a little bit A, too long, and B, I just didn't like it as much because... Because she's not with Derek. She's yeah. with It's like in Perry. a romance. And yeah. Perry's lame. And Perry is the worst. <laughs> um... Yeah, him and his mom suck. Spoiled little mom. And I do boy. like the part where he's like, well, if your mom was living by herself, wouldn't we take care of her? She's like, yeah, but my mom's not a pain in the ass, essentially. <laughs> um, so uh, I did wish that we got some sort did we not get it and I missed it, but like some sort of uh, where are they now on Perry and his mom? No. Because I wanted like Perry to come crawling back to her and be like, you were right. My mom is terrible to every woman I show any sort of interest in because I wanted that retribution because he was such a dick. Um, so there were a couple of weird things for both of us in this book, right? <laughs> um, 
we're just going to briefly talk about that. So there's a part where he breastfeeds on <laughs> In the epilogue. Yeah, that was weird. It was a little Homelander-ish. <laughs> Yo, yeah. <laughs> if you don't know the references to the boys, the show yeah. The Boys. Um, yeah, that's a thing. Also, um, the part where Tabitha is... Um, Mom asked me about this earlier because she's like, he didn't sleep with her, right? I'm like, I think he just gently held her all night. Um, well, later on, Sarah mentioned something about him going to her bed, to, to Tabitha's bed. But I wasn't sure if she meant in the, sexually. In the, the quote-unquote sense. Yeah, or <laughs> if, you know, it was just to be held. Um, I think it's just to be held. I From the reading, when Tabitha's explaining it, it sounded like it was just for him to hold her and or her to hold him and he let her him call her Sarah. Yeah. Um, but... Then I got thinking, well, he didn't have sex with her because that would be off-putting. Yeah. Um, so that was, and again, I think it's, if I think if I bought more in to him being this, like, desperate for her, maybe I would have been like, oh, he's so in love with her. But I was like, geez, guy, you guys had one <laughs> night. Like, not even a whole night. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um. But it's a romance novel, so we just yeah, go and with it's it. a very like sweeping, dramatic, and passionate romance novel. So I I forgive it more, I yes. guess. Um, I also felt like some of the transitions to Lily and Alex were a bit clunky for me, um, and their POV. But that could also just be because I'm so used to reading only one or two POVs right. in a romance novel that anytime they were introduced for like a couple pages, I was like, oh. I guess we're doing this now. Oh, okay. I didn't um, have as big a problem with it, probably because I had read the other book before it. And it yeah. does the same thing, and it's about Lily and Alex. And so, you know, it just kind of carried over into the same, into yeah. the next story. Um, so they have to get married to save her reputation because Joyce sicks some drunk guy on her to rape her because she's a crazy what, evil bitch. What is it about Joyce that makes this guy say... Okay, I'll go rape this little girl. Well, I think I think I think men were more easy to be talked into raping a girl back then. <laughs> I get the sense that that's the case. That's an unpleasant thought. <laughs> well, am I wrong? <laughs> no, Ellen, you're not. Um, so first, what did you think of Joyce and her role in the book overall? And then what did you think of this section in the book of their like wedded bliss at the hands of this potential raping situation? <laughs> Well, um, it was awful, first of all. Joyce was awful. She was an awful character. And She's I, very, like, Glenn Close. Like, I'm not going to be ignored, Nord. Derek. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. She, Kill the rabbit. Yeah. Boil the, uh, <laughs> <Oil> the bunny. <laughs> the, um, she was a very unpleasant character, but she's supposed to be. She's However, very, like, mustache twirly villainess. Yes. We know, what's, like, the equivalent of that? <laughs> mustache twirly eyes. The crazy eyes villainess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, she's supposed to be awful, and she is, and she does a good job of it. However, I can't believe that men are just falling at her feet. Yeah. I, I when mean, she's this bat crap crazy. I mean. Yeah, it's like on... It's like on How I Met Your Mother when they talk about the, like, crazy scale versus the crazy hot scale. It's like, the hotter they get, the, the crazier, crazier they get. get. 
but and so I, you have to find that like cross section and stay away from it. But men, it just seems like that just seems again. I don't think the guys were always the most discerning back then. <laughs> oh, you'll have sex with me? Let's go. Oh, you're kind of into kinky stuff? Cool, let's go. Cool, let's do that. <laughs> you have any sort of knowledge whatsoever? Awesome. Let's bang. <laughs> um, yeah, because that's the thing that seemed to, like, wet their whistles, so yeah. to speak, is that she was, you know, down for anything. I mean, they... Well, and... I mean, Derek must have been something because she could not get him out of her mind. (laughs) And she had all these other guys who were willing. It's like... She did not want to let that go. Obviously. Very obviously. (laughs) He, like, what is... There is some... Oh, I can't remember. There's something about Dick Crazy or something. Some movie where... I don't know that. Yeah. Anyway. um, Yeah, she wanted it. Real bad. She did. Um, so, yeah, uh, getting someone to rape someone else was a bit extreme, but also she does a lot of other extreme stuff, which we're also going to talk about in a bit. Um, so I guess in the long and short of it, it, in the grand (laughs) scheme of all the crazy shit that she got up to, it wasn't all that bad. Um, well, it pisses me off that, you know... This is the thing that's going to ruin her reputation. First of all, nothing happened. Second of all, she didn't have anything to do with any of it. The thing is, she was right. It would have ruined her reputation. <laughs> well, I'm sure it would have, but it just, yeah. But People were stupid back then. <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> they were. Um, yeah, so she was the worst. Um, and then, you know, that lovely thing leads into uh, them getting married and being very happy together and having lots of sex. Um, <laughs> it always cracks me up in these books. The whole pregnancy issue, like they're just having sex, 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 N- nary for months and nary a problem with pregnancy until it's like it just comes magically when they want it to. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, nowadays I have friends who, miss one dose of birth control and they're like well guess i'm pregnant now i'm having a baby now (laughs) um yeah so that's fun um okay so let's talk about oh them in their uh i like that section it's cute i think that's where Derek gets to be very swoony because he's very sweet right um other than not saying i love you back to her and all those things um but he's, he, I, I do, I love that, I love when he proposes to her, um, and he, it's like, as soon as the words came out of his mouth, like, something unlocked in him, and he was just like, yes, let's get married, <laughs> this is what I want, and I'm so happy now, and, um. Well, but I did buy into the whole thing about why he didn't want to tell her that he loved her. And I don't think it's that he didn't want to tell her he loved her. I think it was just that he didn't want to admit to himself that he loved her because, you know, he was worried about these things being taken away from him and everything that he's ever had any feelings for has been taken away from him. And he he worried about... Like that moment where she, like, teases him and says, like, she's going to leave and he's like, 
no, no you, can't. you can't leave me. You're you're mine. I, <laughs> no, no. And she's like, I was kidding. <laughs> it was a joke. Calm down, you <laughs> freakish cockney. But uh, <laughs> but uh, the uh, I I just thought I bought into that. I got where he was no, coming from. I did too. I I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that's the only thing that like detracts from him being like the perfect little husband in that right in that section is that but, and I loved when he took her to the dress shop and he's just like I came because I knew she would get like four dresses and I need <laughs> and her they'd to get... all be like cotton <laughs> he's like 25 dresses and they're gonna be gorgeous and <laughs> finest materials and no nightgowns <laughs> <laughs> not needed thank you please and thank you um yeah I thought so I I like that little section other than that raping part that precludes it um <laughs> I, I I think that that part is sweet. Um, okay, let's talk about Joyce again and the climactic action that kind of well, she just brings down bonkers. the club, literally. <laughs> um, yeah, she goes insane. That's the thing is I'm like, so she's got like a screw loose, right? Like she... Oh, big time. Yeah, like his... Dick apparently, like, touched her brain and just prodded it, like, one too many times and messed her up. Wow. <laughs> the only explanation. That's the only explanation, and um, it's a very graphic one. <laughs> That's how that works, right? That's exactly. how sex works, That's right? how sex works. It touches your brain. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like it did to her. Um, yeah. So, she wants to keep uh sarah as a pet in a tower yeah and apparently oh. her please her in ways and i was like wow this is just getting weirder and weirder it's like joyce so you are kinky <laughs> my friend um yeah uh but the like highlight of this section other than you know joyce and all of her well, bunny joyce boiling ways burns um, down the club yes and so derek thinks and as does everybody else that sarah is gone, gone and lost and to dead. the fire um and your heart my heart just like breaks for him in that part it's so sad and just when he is like so broken that they have to like literally club him over the head to like yeah. stop him from running into that fire um and i love his eventual profession of love where he's just like I couldn't because I was worried about, like, giving away that last part of myself. But as soon as you were gone, I was so mad that, that I didn't I never say said this to you. Um, and I just love when he finds her in, like, the rubble of the club and he thinks she's, like, a dream. Like, yeah. he's, like a, she's, like, a vision. And, um, yeah, I just thought all of that was really that sweet. Was really good. And romantic. Um... So let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about the sex between these two, baby. Well, there wasn't any other sex in there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, they definitely have it. They lots, do have sex. Lots of times. I will say kudos needs to be given here because I think she was a very believable Regency virgin. Yes. I mean, and Lisa Kleypas, she could have even been, like, forgiven here and given some leeway because this is a girl who's been, you know, socializing with prostitutes and... Writing about yeah, all, the underworld. Yeah, writing about all this stuff that she's not supposed to know about. And so, 
you know, she could have easily had some scene where she gets to be really saucy and um, say, like, oh, well, I learned a thing or two from, you know, your ladies. And, um, but she, she doesn't. And I like, I wrote down this line where they're having sex for the first time and uh, she gets kind of nervous and she says, I don't know anything, and you know too much. She's like, this is weird for me, because I know you have a lot of experience, and I know nothing. And um, so I I just thought that that was, I thought she was handled well. And like, because I know that's a beef that we often have with these Regency books. It's like, oh, these little virgins virgins just jump right in. (laughs) don't know what sex is, all of a sudden are very knowledgeable. Um, And so, you know, I think... We need to give credit where credit no, is due. It was well handled. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> as was she and as was he. Yes. Both well handled. <laughs> um, what was your swinniest moment? I have a couple. Okay. Um, first of all, him carrying the glasses is one of them. But I also really loved, in fact, the one, the scene that, because I could kind of picture it all playing out in my mind, when she. The guy tried to rape her, and so she's ruined. And so he comes to her with a list of names of guys that she wants him to marry. And and he's like, well, this is so-and-so, and, you know. Pick any of them. I'll pick, make any pick, of them marry I you. I can make any of them marry you. And she's like, <laughs> and she's like, I don't want any of them. I don't want any of them. And, and then she tells him that she loves him. But anyway, that whole scene I thought was really cute. And yeah. then he's just like, okay, marry me. And you're like, yay. Yeah. Yeah. That, I do like that one. And that was my honorable mention. But I'm picking as my swinniest moment because it's, I like near tears when I was reading this part, but the epilogue and how much he loved their daughter. Their daughter. And when he's looking, you know, she's kind of, she says she was a little worried that he might be not know what to do with babies kind of father. And, um, and he's like, you have my heart, but that is my flesh and blood. And like for someone like him who grew up with no family whatsoever to now have this thing that is part of him and part of a family um, and just how much that meant to him, I thought was really sweet and swoony. sweet. And I also love the kind of, like, image of him walking around and showing off his baby, like, she's the most amazing baby that's ever lived. And (laughs) And she even says, you know, even the way she coos or whatever, he's like, she does it better than any other child. (laughs) And I just thought all that was really sweet and, you know, makes me love Derek Craven even more. Um... Okay, let's hear from some of the listeners about what they thought of Dreamin' of You. Um, Cassie says, This one seems beloved in Romance Landia, so this may be an unpopular opinion. Oh, Cassie with the T. But I actively hated this book. Ooh. Ooh, It exemplifies why I avoid romance books written in the 90s or earlier. The relationship between Derek and Sarah felt forced. I didn't understand why they liked each other. I hated the way the story pitted the innocent virgin against the woman Derek had previously had sex with. Yuck. Derek was entirely unlikable in this story. He used women even after his relationship with Sarah had already begun. Sarah was boring. Her only notable character trait was that she was a horny virgin. Aren't we all? Um, (laughs) At least me. Uh, Derek never redeemed himself, and the moral of the story was, women shouldn't have sex outside of marriage. Otherwise, they'll go crazy, and their husbands will have to lock them away. No thanks. That's from Cassie. Um, Cassie? Founded. 
It's a bit harsh. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but nothing she says is inaccurate. Um, She just feels more strongly about about all of it than I guess I did. Um, I think I forgive the whole villainizing Joyce thing because Joyce is pretty terrible. Um, And she's pretty, yeah. But I will concur that Derek walks away with a lot less of the blame than he deserves. Well, he kept trying to say, this is my fault. Like, even, in fact, I think that's one of the reasons he felt he needed to marry her is because he felt responsible for Joyce sending that guy there. And I think, well, like he said, when he got, when she cut his face, he's like, no, I deserve this. Yeah. So he didn't want to retaliate at all. But then when it just kept going on and on, so I think... I think he paid for it. I don't think... I didn't feel like he should have to continue paying for it. Or yeah. that she should have to pay for any of it. Yeah. So. Um, and I do think that that exchange between Sarah and Lord Ashby towards the end where he's like, listen, you don't want this getting out any more than I do. So. Yeah. Let's just call it even, you know. Your husband played a role in it just as much as my wife did, but so let's just call it and be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll send her to Scotland. And, yeah. Lock know. her away. Yeah. She'll be kind And, of... you know, in fairness, she didn't get sent to one of those terrible, like, institutions that were back then. He just sent her to Scotland, which, you know. Is like an institution. I would, I would go rusticate in Scotland for the yeah. rest of my life. We've read enough books about <laughs> <laughs> Scottish Highlanders. Yeah. Um, Jessica says, one of my favorite books of all time. I celebrate both Derek Craven Day and St. Vincent Day, which is a thing that has taken place in Romancelandia now. And no one can tell me I can't have them both. A Kleypas is a queen. The spectacles make me swoon every time. Um, yeah. The spectacles that she doesn't need. The spectacles. <laughs> Apparently that she didn't even need to be wearing. The spectacles that are clear glass. That never show up again. Um... Deb says, Derek Craven is such a swoony hero. Denies his love for Sarah, but realizes he's too selfish to not have her. Loved that he steals her glasses and keeps them in his breast pocket so they are close to his heart. Reread for the podcast and loved it more the second reading. Lisa Kleypas is truly one of my favorite authors. Love the characters she creates and the relationships they develop. Um, really liked Derek's relationship with both Lily and Alex as well. Finally, Sarah's love for Derek and her acceptance of him makes... Uh, this story is so wonderful to read. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lisa Kleypas really is, for some reason, like, her stories don't always, like, stick out in my mind as much. Did she do the Spindle Cove series? No, that's Tessa Dare. Okay. <laughs> <See>. uh, <laughs> but she is, like, her writing is, um, is very nice and, um, and yeah, she is very kind of just, like, classic romance, yeah. you know? Um, Definitely. Yeah. Tiernan says, this was my first and my favorite Lisa Kleypas, Derek Craven, Swoon. I really love this book. It's a little bonkers with the super 90s soap opera villain, a la Susan Lucci, but overall an epic love story. Yeah, she is very, like, 90s hero, like, villainess. Villain from the, from a soap opera. Yeah. Um, Shannon says, I really liked this book. Almost, almost a love. I loved the story, uh... Wasn't about members of the town, but of regular people who made something of themselves. Yes. I loved the quirkiness and bravery of Sarah. 
Uh, from the very first scene, I was rooting for her and Derek. I loved Derek and his dark side. I loved that despite everything, he believed he had a fundamental mor moral code to care for others. I loved his need to prove himself. And most of all, I loved his love of Sarah. I love me a bad guy to doting husband historical. And this one does not disappoint. That is true. Um, there is a suspense. There's suspense and fire, slow burn and fury. It is a great Literally, story. there is fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is a great story from beginning to end. The side characters are also wonderful. Lily is an amazing best friend and worthy, and the rest of the employees are just so wonderful to Sarah and Derek. Yeah, I do, like, love the whole little yeah. communal family that they have going on Yeah, the on whole the group there that works at the club. And, yeah. And, um, yeah, and her and Derek have kind of a... In, uh, Lily, sorry. Yeah. Lily and Derek have, have an interesting relationship, and... Um, it kind of reminded me of... Um, Chase and all the dudes from the Fallen Angel oh, yeah, yeah, Sarah yeah. McLean series yeah. where it's like none of them go for her, but it's like they have this kind of brother-sister, yeah, you know. Well, and he, like from the first book, you can tell that he loves her but doesn't feel like he deserves her. And that's why I think... Um, you know, and I think he kind of had some of that going with Sarah as well. But then when Sarah got herself into a spot of trouble because of him, yeah. um, he felt more of an obligation to. Well, and I also think I like when Alex and Lily are like, you know, you're better now. Like, yeah, maybe five years ago you didn't deserve her, but you've been yeah, working towards being a better person. And, you know, like you've put in your time, you've been through some bad stuff and you've come out the other side and just be grateful for, you know, her coming into your life and take happiness when it comes to you kind yeah. of thing. So, um, Shannon continues. Um, I just loved all of them. Lady Ashby, however, was a raving lunatic. <laughs> I wasn't surprised to see Joyce coming after Sarah. I assumed that would happen, but it just seemed a bit of a stretch to have her want to kidnap her rather than just have her kill Sarah. Um, I couldn't understand the motivation there. Oh, but when they describe Derek seeing Sarah again and when he just gushes about his love for her and how much he wished he had been able to tell her earlier, it was so swoony. So good. Um, yeah, we concur. Obviously. Absolutely. Um, Aaron says, I'm sure I read this book when it first came out and I've reread it too many times to count. My love for Derek Craven is for that of a sacred, imperfect, a scar, a scarred, imperfectly perfect hero. And Sarah is a quiet, but still strong and independent heroine that creates what I think is a balanced couple. I love that Derek can see in her all the qualities that have gone unnoticed. Lisa Kleypas has written many a fantastic book, but this will undoubtedly always be my favorite. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's why, like, I walk away liking Derek more than St. Vincent. I think that um, he's more, like, forgivable in the beginning. Because remember, St. Vincent was a naughty, naughty boy. He was a naughty boy. Um, Ruthie says, I recently got my library card working and I'm exploring all these historicals again. I actually didn't finish the first one in this series. Then came you. Just got distracted, although I liked Lily. Do you think you need Lori's, Lily's story to read this one? Mom, what do you think? <laughs> um, no, but if you read this one and then go back to read the other one, it's going to be weird because they definitely go in order. Yeah. But I think you could read this one as a standalone. Which... Either. 
I mean, I I have read Then Came You back when I read this a long time ago. I don't remember anything about it, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, but I didn't feel like it's like yeah. I was like yeah, Lily and Alex are together, and obviously that happened through some grand story. But well, just so you know, the first one is a little more hard to take in this non-consenty. Non-consenty. That's the word I want. <laughs> Um, Jess says, I adore this book. Yes, all caps were necessary. <laughs> they were in all caps. Um, I first read this book back when I was a teenager 20 years ago, and I usually reread every 12 to 18 months. Derek Craven is a top Clapus hero for me, jaded and weary, and yet yearning for love and connection. And the spectacles be still my heart. I still swoon over the spectacles every single reread. Sarah is a wonderful heroine that we don't see much in historical romance, an independent woman working to provide for herself who takes no BS from anyone. The two of them together have such chemistry and passion. The whole book is just chef's kiss for me. Um, also, for those who may not like this book as much, one of my favorite historical romance standalone Claypus books is Suddenly You featuring Jack Devlin and Amanda Bryars, an older uh, woman, younger man book that has a fantastic opening. An author who is turning 30, decides to gift herself a night with a male escort and mistakes the guy who turns up at her door, a publisher who wants to work with her as the escort. Uh, content warning for pregnancy loss. Um, I have read that one. And yeah, that premise is chef's kiss. Like, that is a good premise. I don't think I've read that one. <laughs> um, the title sounds familiar, but the premise doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. Anyway, Lisa Kleypas is queen. I always say that even not a not great Lisa Kleypas book is ten times better than any other decent historical romance. And I will plug again the audiobooks of the Ravenel series narrated by Mary Jane Wells, which are simply wonderful. And I will back that up because I just did a binge listen to all those audiobooks and they are very good. I always, like I have a hard time finding um, historical uh, narrators that I like, that like, um, and she, she does a really good job. Um, Raquel says, I'm not an HR reader and I was actually planning on skipping this book. I see the book covers in the lineups and my mind automatically discards the historicals and she makes the like cringe face. Yeah. Um, however, a few months ago I listened to the Heaving Bosoms podcast episode on Devil in Winter and was intrigued. I'm sorry, is that a... I'm sorry, Raquel, you listening to other podcasts? <laughs> what? <just> Rude. <laughs> um, I finally decided to read the book when I saw Sebastian St. Vincent in the No Yomo's book boyfriend bracket. I mean, I thought surely if so many of you were voting for the guy, you might be on to something. That was my first Lisa Kleypas and I really, really liked it. When I saw that Dreaming of You was the book for next week, I was curious to see if the if the hero was the Derek Craven of Faded Mates fame. He is, yes. And the idea of solving the who's better, Derek Craven or St. Vincent mystery, convinced me of picking uh, up the book. All this to say how incredibly emblematic these books and heroes are in Romance Landia that even me, a non-HR reader, have heard about them at some point. Did I like this bo book? Yes, I really liked it. Had Lady Ashby had a more cruel ending, it would have been a love for me. TBH, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> um, did I enjoy Lisa Kleypas' writing? Why, yes, she's very talented. Did I think both of these books were over the top? Totally. As I said, I'm not an HR reader, but I get that this is 
how some of these books are supposed to be, and I embrace the craziness. As long as it's beautifully crafted and the story still holds on to some logic, give me all the drama. Now, did I like Derek Craven as a hero? You're damn right I did. Um, I know these heroes are alphas, but there's something so human about them that it's endearing. As for Derek Craven versus St. Vincent Battle, why choose when we can have both? Um, <laughs> P.S. There were so many lovely reviews in the comments section. I love it when people are passionate about books and characters. Um, thank you, Raquel. I love that yeah, review. That was well-written. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know that that's become a thing, Derek Craven versus St. Vincent, and, um... Yeah, I think I'm team team Craven. Craven for Craven. <laughs> hey <Hey-o>. <laughs> Um and then finally we have Nara who's been like MIA for yeah, a while. Nara. She's Nara. Rude. <laughs> Seriously though, like Nara is she's one of the first people who I remember like hardcore like sticking with us. So um, we're happy to have Nara back commenting. Um, and she says, I don't care about St. Vincent. Now, Craven, on the other hand, I really like him. I don't think he's particularly swoony or anything, but there's just something. He's a man who's had an awful life and had deep emotional wounds, but I liked his journey throughout the book. Sarah can be innocent, but she's strong-willed, and I feel the latter is why Craven feels drawn to her. Sometimes I wished for less sexy times in favor of reading more of their conversations. I read a review on Goodreads that said he cheated on Sarah with both Tabitha and Joyce, but they were not even in a relationship, and actually Sarah was the one who was being courted by someone else. To me, it's completely reasonable when the rake does not change 180 right away. I like the processes. Uh, this year, I decided to work through Clapus's backlist and hadn't reached this one yet. It was my first time reading this book, and I really liked it. I often read more recent books, so after reading, I had to check the date of publishing because something about it just screamed 90s to me. Yes. Yeah. I know. When you look on Goodreads, it says, like, 2015, but I think that's just the most recent edition, so I was like, there's no way this was 2015 because I read it before that, and yeah, it's 1994. Um Nara concludes, and I also always have more than one pair of glasses. I usually need to put on glasses in order to find in order to find them. Yeah, I do too. So I have a few in uh, on hand. Well, whenever I travel, I always take an extra pair of glasses because I have this fear of something happening to my glasses while I'm away from home. And These are the things that cute glasses wear. I would be in a lot of trouble if I didn't have a pair of glasses. I actually have a lot of pairs of glasses, but I have basically two that I wear the most. And, um, yes, Nara, I have definitely pulled the needing to find my other pair of glasses so that I can find the first pair of glasses. Well, a lot of your glasses do have, like, clear frames, and so it makes it even harder to find. Or, you know, like, my black against something really dark, and I'm like, I don't know, so I'm always flinging blankets on my bed everywhere so I can find something that's a good way to do it. clattering to the ground. Um, yeah, all that to say, dreaming of you. Um, I get it. I get why it's classic. Um, very 90s, which I still like. Um, it's its own thing in my mind. Um, but I also am glad, you know, we've kind of We've kind of evolved a little bit is yeah. is where I land, I think. But yeah, Lisa Clay. And it's okay to, to go back and look at stuff, you know, through a 90s lens and and, and appreciate it for what it, yeah. what it is. Um, and yeah, Lisa Kleypas is, she's one of the goats, you know, greatest of all times. Um, and yeah, it's crazy 
the kind of uh, longevity she's had, really. In I don't the know show. if she'd be, appreciate being called a goat, but we <laughs> it's, can go. It's a thing, Mom. I get it. Um, it's it's a meme of, I understand. of sorts. Um, any other final thoughts from you? Um, no. The breast milk thing was weird. But other than that, but other than that, that's it. <laughs> and, and I mean, tell us if we're off base on that. But I think I, I mean, thought it was I a little off-putting. But a you know sect of kink that is into that. But um, it was just a little a little weird. Not for my me. romance novel. No. Thank you. Yeah. But other than that, the rest of the book was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, on that note. Those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Dreaming of You by Lisa Kleypas. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, our subreddit, Not Your Mom's subreddit, or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On May 17th, we will be discussing Dating Plan by Sarah Desai. Um, and don't forget about the free-for-all. That is the next week. Uh, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. Um, and with that and the dulcet tones of my dog snoring in the background, we will bid you adieu. We're off to Disneyland, girls. Yes, we are. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.